When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm No Strike Mind, joined always by my main man, Steven Thompson. Find us on youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Season is over. Mike Tomlin speaks for the last time. And, well, it might have took all year, might have took six years covering this team, but that was the best press conference I have ever been a part of when it comes to to the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. He dove into the quarterback situation, their outlook for 2024 and where they expect to be. Some big news when it comes to their offensive coordinators and coaching changes as a whole. We'll dive into all that, plus some candidates for you guys on who we think the Pittsburgh Steelers should and could bring in this offseason. And it's divisional round of the playoffs. And even if the Pittsburgh Steelers are not playing, we're making picks because that's what we do here on all Steelers talk we woke up to a bit of a snowstorm the snow has followed us heavily back from Buffalo it's uh it's a good time I, I just think we're here this is just this is it we we talked about winter we tried to avoid winter we named it the cold now we're in the snow either way how you feel my friend well I'm just very happy for you because I mean this weekend trying to make another trip out to Baltimore I, <laughs> with a snowstorm coming I think that would really give you some PTSD so I'm just glad yes. that you don't have to make that trip again yeah, yeah, it would have been uh would have been a tough one. I actually haven't thought about that until right now. That would have uh it was my heart's racing a little bit just uh just kind of thing. It's all right though because our friends at the Super 8 in uh Hancock, Maryland more than welcoming. I'm sure he'd be a very friendly face if we had to pull over and spend another night in a motel that is very creepy, but it was it was welcoming. It was nice. It was warm and uh Houston will travel to Baltimore, Pittsburgh Steelers. They'll wait until next season. We'll dive into those games. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before we do, want to give a shout out. Me and Steven got some cool shirts on. Uh, some some shirts from our boys over at Spot Inspired by True Events. Uh, my boy Lawrence hit us up, said, hey, yo, I'm sending you some t-shirts. I was like, dude, hell yeah. Didn't expect them to look as cool as they are. We'll drop a link below in the description to make sure that you guys could check all them out. They got I want to say like 30, 40 different players from different teams around the NFL, all vintage style like this one. Uh, I got TJ Watt. He's got Minka Fitzpatrick. They do custom jerseys and everything. I was checking out their site. It was uh, it was pretty cool. So shout out them. Description. Our link is in the description below. Let's talk about some Pittsburgh Steelers talk here. The quarterback situation, obviously the biggest one, the biggest news going into the press conference, the biggest news coming out of the press conference. Mike Tomlin declares that Kenny Pickett will resume his QB1 status. That being said, 
it will be a competition. He was very open that it was going to be a competition that he hopes Mason Rudolph is the guy that comes back and is the other half of that competition. But he addressed that and multiple times said, but it's free agency, but it's free agency, but he is a free agent. And he sounds as if he fully understands Mason Rudolph could have a better opportunity and a better paycheck elsewhere. It's not a guarantee that he's coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What did you take away from a lot of quarterback talk yesterday from Mike Tomlin in his final press conference? Well, it's a lot of stuff that I think people might have been able to predict going into it, uh, but still notable that Mike Tomlin kind of said very publicly, like, I think, uh, first of all, you know, Kenny kind of resuming QB1 duties, like, how much does that really matter during the offseason? Like, is he just, he'll probably take the first reps with the first team at, at training camp or whatever, but I think it is a very loose uh a very loose kind of definition of a job, you know, yes. because like they said, they said, and Mike Tomlin said very explicitly, this is a huge, he drew that out, huge year for Kenny. I mean, this is put up or shut up year for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, year three in the NFL, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator in the, uh, the, uh, I, I don't, don't want to call them excuses, but the ways to explain away some of the struggles that Kenny has had, they're going yep. away in a little bit, you know, he's getting older, going to have a new scheme in there. They're, they're really trying everything they can to make sure that he's got the right support around him. Um, but you know, they're going to keep him, they're going to keep it competitive. You know, they're letting him know that, uh, the kind of honeymoon period for lack of a better term is over. Um, he's really got to, got to put up or shut up this year. Um, and I, I feel like that's the right move. You know, you can't, uh, like Mike Tomlin said, you can't anoint anyone. You certainly can't anoint Kenny at this point in his career, given the results that he's had, and uh, especially if you're able to bring a guy like Mason Rudolph back, who has clear and tangible evidence that he can make this offense not just workable, but you know, pretty explosive at times and high scoring. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely seems like the right move to bring in competition of some kind. I think it's interesting that they. I don't know. They haven't admitted defeat on Mason Rudolph just yet, but they know it's going to be a battle to keep him in Pittsburgh. So. Um, yeah, I feel like they're approaching this from the right angle for right now. Um, and, and free agency, just what they're able to do with Mason Rudolph will dictate a lot of what their, uh, a lot of what their next moves will be. Yeah. I think a lot of fans were worried going into that press conference that I think I was a little bit worried going into that press conference that Mike Tomlin was going to say, Hey, Kenny Pickett's our starting quarterback in 2024. We believe in Kenny Pickett. We think he could get the job done. And that was it. Instead, he said all of those things. He believes in Kenny Pickett. He's excited to see what he can do with his back against the wall, all those things, while acknowledging this is a massive year for Kenny Pickett. You need tangible evidence. It's no longer intangible evidence. It needs to be tangible evidence that he is a starting quarterback in the NFL and could be the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers, while also acknowledging there's no way they're walking into 2024 with just Kenny Pickett as their quarterback or as their potential starting quarterback. They obviously want that to be Mason Rudolph. I think when it comes to the Mason thing, just like you said, they know it's going to be a battle just because they know that Mason has put himself in a, in a position where there are going to be teams that call and who knows if those teams are going to say, Hey, we believe you could be a starting quarterback for us, or Hey, we're going to pay you a boatload of money to come and compete to be the starting quarterback for us. Who knows? I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers, are going to necessarily go all out on Mason Rudolph to try and keep him. But at the same time, they're going to do what they could do in a reasonable manner. You know, you got to remember this is Omar Khan. Omar Khan does everything at a price, and that price always makes sense. And if Mason could come back at that reasonable price with reasonable expectations, 
he'll be the guy. I think the bigger thing here, I mean, not the, I wouldn't say the bigger thing. I would say the second half of this is my takeaway. My thought was the Steelers are going to bring in somebody, whether it's Mason Rudolph or not. And I don't know where that person is on the scale of talent with the, with the NFL and with the quarterback situation. But Mike Tomlin was very open that he will scout quarterbacks in the NFL draft just to make sure that he doesn't miss anybody. And I think that is significant because who knows what that situation holds, but who knows who falls to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first or the second, or maybe even the third round where they're sitting there going, no, this is a guy and we're going to take that guy. And I think the other half of that is if nobody's there, I think the Steelers bring in somebody, whether it's via trade or free agency, just to say, look at, we need somebody here to compete with Kenny Pickett. And I also don't think that, anybody's off the table because if Omar Khan goes to Mike Tomlin and says, Hey, look at, you know, we, we just keep using the same three, but I think those are three names that are going to get tossed around all off season. If a guy like Justin Fields is available for the right price and the bears are shopping him at the right price. I, I don't think Mike Tomlin is, is all in on Kenny Pickett anymore, which isn't a bad thing. And I don't think it's a knock on Kenny. He's got to prove himself. But if Omar Khan came to Mike Tomlin and said, Hey, look at this guy's available at the right price. I think, a, I think a deal could get done. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers could bring somebody big in during the offseason. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be contingencies in multiple ways. Um, yeah. So, you, like, you need – you're going to have Kenny back next year, but you need a veteran that you can kind of plug and play if Kenny's not the guy, um, yes. whether that be Mason or, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett, whoever the hell, um, or even a Justin Fields. Um, and then I think you need someone young, too. I think you need some new blood yep. in that room to – I mean, look, if if – Kenny doesn't work out if this if this you know second vet that you bring in doesn't work out. Like I think you want someone also who's very young that you can develop under this new offensive coordinator under, and we'll get to this a little bit later. But you know some maybe some coaching staff changes coming over the offseason as well. I think you want to have someone who can kind of learn the system in that way and and grow up in the system yep. as well. So I don't think the draft is out of the question either. Um, you know, looking for someone in the later rounds a a guy you can take a flyer on maybe who's a little bit of a risk, but that you can kind of mold with your own hands. That isn't kind of a finished product already. Yep. And I think the draft is deep enough to find those guys and bring somebody in that, just like you said, like, you know, who knows how the, how the system goes, but if, if say a guy like Mason Rudolph is a starting quarterback in 2024, you don't know how long that's going to last. You don't know if he's going to be here forever or if he's just going to be here for another year. If Kenny's not your guy in 2024, he's not your guy ever. I think that's pretty assumed. Yep. If he doesn't get the job this season, he's not going to get the job in 2025 or moving forward. You want somebody behind that to develop, to, at, at worst case scenario, turn into your next backup quarterback who knows the system, who could be a plug-and-play guy, who doesn't have, I think, very high expectations on him, but is capable of doing whatever you need him to do. I think it's significant. I, I walked away from yesterday really for the first time in over a year thinking – the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do whatever's necessary to find their quarterback and their offensive coordinator because they understand that. I, I mean, this team's a playoff team without either of those things. And with those things, just who knows? And I think that's where we stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. To transition into the other side of that, the Pittsburgh Steelers also acknowledged, hey, look it, we are bringing in an outside offensive coordinator. We don't know who that offensive coordinator is, but he did lay out a couple of things. He's got to be good with a quarterback. He's got to have NFL experience. He's got to have the capability or, or the understanding, the uh, resume to develop a young quarterback. Kenny Pickett will be considered in the hiring process because of where they want to go with that quarterback situation. And then the people who are hiring them, obviously, Omar Khan, Art Rooney, and Mike Tomlin, which I don't think anybody's going to be excited that Mike Tomlin's considered in that group, but I think you have to put your head coach in that group no matter what. To just go outside and to have that layout, it just kind of, from the surface, sounds like maybe they are going to shoot for the stars a little bit on on guys outside of this organization. They're done playing around with, and maybe this offensive coordinator will work. Yeah, definitely, and I think um, it's reflective of, and I mean, we were talking about this before we got on, it was a pretty refreshing uh, you know, press conference from Mike Tomlin. It felt like yep. he was introspective and honest. Um, he was funny at times. Like there was, there was just a lot going on. I think Mike Tomlin, I think, understands that there's a little bit more pressure than there maybe was before. You know, yep. and I think he feels that a little bit, um, personally. And so I think that he's willing to. I think when people feel pressure, they're willing to get outside of the box a little bit. They're able to. Yep kind of open their mind a little bit, think about how things could be different. Um, and I think this is a reflection of that. Um, just go like swinging for the fences a little bit with an offensive coordinator higher. Just, I, I mean, this is kind of not the epitome of not living in your fears, but it's, it's, it's a little bit of a risk, you know, like he's, he's really going to try to, to bring in someone that, uh, you know, I think, is a little different from, from what they've had in the past. Someone who is going to not just like develop someone, but also kind of push the, push the reaches of kind of innovation and be a little bit more forward thinking than, than Steelers offensive coordinators of the past have been. So yeah, um, it's not necessarily pushing all your chips in right now, but it's, it's taking a little bit of a risk and, and looking at some of these bright, brighter stars that, you know, could eventually be like head coaching candidates down the road or something like that. But I think Mike Tomlin acknowledges kind of the urgency of the situation saying we need someone really good and we need them right now. Exactly. I like that you brought up the pressure because I don't think that pressure is coming from Art Rooney. I don't think that pressure is coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's coming from Mike Tomlin. I think he is understanding that his narrative is becoming negative. I think he's understanding that he's losing the city. I think that he's understanding that he's letting a lot of people down. And I don't think he wants to do that. Like, I don't think Mike Tomlin is a guy who's just ignoring the fan base and ignoring everybody going, "Eh, man, who cares what you think? You know, I think he genuinely wants to win for this city. He genuinely wants to win for this team. I think he understands that he's letting guys like Cam Hayward and TJ Watt make a Fitzpatrick down on a yearly basis. And he wants to change that. And I think that's where the pressure builds. And that's where the change, the shift in how you handle your business will change to follow it is look at I am I have only gotten us this far I haven't been able to get us here I need to get us here how do I change to get us here and I think that's where he's starting to acknowledge his faults which is huge and I will see has always been his biggest fault so I think that that is a, a a big acknowledgement by the head coach obviously people are going to ask for candidates there will be 
plenty more that surface over the next couple of weeks, and especially as more teams are eliminated from the playoffs. But an early big board, you got one or two guys for the Pittsburgh Steelers that that you think should be on their list, could be on their list as they start interviewing and looking for uh, new offensive coordinators. Yeah, I've got a couple, and I'll start with. I think one of them you and I kind of agree is is one of the probably should be the top name on the list. But I'll start with yeah. the one that maybe is flying a little bit under the radar more, and that's Shane Waldron. Uh, is the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks right now, just has extensive experience um, kind of under Sean McVay as well, comes from that tree. Um, he's been a passing game coordinator and a quarterbacks coach and uh, for the Rams, uh, and then stepped up to be the offensive coordinator of the Seahawks for the past few years, kind of aligns with the um, with the Geno Smith timeline, uh, just to, like helping that guy kind of revive his career. And uh, I thought that was really impressive as well, and I feel like that kind of fits into – what the Steelers need right now, just as far as, um, you know, a guy who's worked with quarterbacks very directly before a guy who yeah. can take someone who struggled a little bit, a relatively young guy, like Geno Smith wasn't super old by the time he got to the Seahawks and no. people were kind of counting him out, counting him out at that age. Um, but you know, I think there's a similar timeline here with Kenny Pickett where you can say, okay, this guy, you know, has experience kind of being able to, to elevate guys who have some talent but are younger and just maybe haven't found their their place in the league yet. So I think I really like that element of it. And just coming from the Sean McVay tree, I feel like that's that's pretty ideal. I mean, we're you talk about like the great places to learn about how to run offenses, how to be innovative, how to yep. uh I don't know, just how to be forward thinking. I feel like Shane Waldron is that kind of guy. And then also, I mean, I don't think you can underrate like the the stuff that he's done kind of adding the complimentary pieces around Geno Smith. So like, you know, all the great receivers that they have finding ways to feed all those mouths. I feel like that, that translates to the Steelers as well, getting the running backs involved as well. Um, I like that too. So uh, Waldron, I think is a big, is a big candidate that I'm looking at. Um, but I think the real home run would be uh, Clint Kubiak uh, from the 49ers. I believe he is there. Yeah. He's their passing game coordinator right now. A little younger, a little bit less experienced, but, you know, has been a quarterback coach with the Minnesota Vikings, offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think he would be the home run right there. Um, yeah. That's that's like a guy who knows how to get the absolute most out of an offense. I mean, the, the 49ers are talented, but he has found ways to get everyone involved in that passing game, you know? And and I think that is, you know, as good as the the, the McVay tree is, I feel like the Shanahan one, I, I hold in a little bit higher regard. So... I yes. love Kubiak, and I think you do too. Yeah, so Kubiak's obviously on my list. I think either of those guys, it, you're you're spot on with the coaching trees, and I think that's where you go here is you find the positive coaching trees, you find the coaching trees that have yet to fail, and you plug and play them and try to make them work, and that's what you're getting out of either one of those guys, which I think is, is huge, and I think they're both realistic. Like They're both names that are going to come up. The Pittsburgh Steelers is not an organization. Like Nobody's calling from the Pittsburgh Steelers and somebody answering the phone and going, ah, yeah, sorry, man, I'm not interested in coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's just not what you do in the NFL. It is one of the premier teams that you're going to want to play for, and I think to get somebody from one of those coaching trees, ginormous i'm a huge clint kubiak guy i think he should be just like you said their home run hitter he should be the guy that they're swinging for the fences for he's got play calling experience which i there you go check one box there during his time as a play caller the vikings were 12th in offensive yards and 14th in scoring which is you know not 
the greatest, but it's not bad. And it's a much better spot to be in than the Pittsburgh Steelers have been the last two or three seasons. I think he is the next branch. What he has been able to do with a guy like Brock Purdy. And you could say whatever you want. Brock Purdy was overlooked. Look it. 32 teams did not overlook Brock Purdy for seven rounds of the draft. That's just not how that happened. There was there was development from when he landed in San Francisco until where he is now. And obviously, Clint Kubiak has been a major part of that and a major part of that growth. On top of that, every time you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they are doing wrong on offense, there is always, always a comparison to the Kyle Shanahan offense. Oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't using the middle of the field. They should start utilizing this like Kyle Shanahan does with the 49ers. Or, oh, that was a fantastic play by the Pittsburgh Steelers. It looked like this, which Kyle Shanahan does with the 49ers. Oh, his use of the running game. Oh, his use of Debo Samuels. Oh, his use of George Kittle. Like There are all these pieces that the Pittsburgh Steelers would love to have, and the comparisons are already there all the time on what they're looking for and what they do right. I think that is... Like, that's the final piece of the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree right now, at least, that people are going to be looking at. I'm surprised his name hasn't been passed around for every single team so far. I hope the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they're shooting for the stars, if they're shooting young and innovative and a guy who they think could could come in here and be the next Kyle Shanahan or the next Sean McVay or Eric Bieniemy or, or whoever, I think that that is the guy that they're looking for, and I think that that would be my top option if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, hands down. I think a realistic option, if I had to to go home run a hitter and then somebody that I think could end up in Pittsburgh that I still think is a good move for the Pittsburgh Steelers is Pep Hamilton, former Houston Texans offensive coordinator, former Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator. I mean, this guy's resume isn't bad. Houston, eh, but Houston as a whole over the last couple of years has not been phenomenal the last time he was an offensive coordinator Davis Mills was his quarterback and like okay look at maybe he could have did more with that but I think he did a lot with Davis Mills I think there were times where people were like Davis Mills might be a guy I'm like yeah yeah is he maybe I think that he uh didn't look terrible in Houston during his time in Houston as a quarterback's coach for the Los Angeles Chargers a couple years ago Justin Herbert won rookie of the year huge I don't think Justin Herbert has been I mean Justin Herbert's phenomenal I don't think he's been as good as he was as a rookie and I think that having a guy like Pep Hamilton definitely helped and then when he was with the Colts as an OC earlier in his career Andrew Luck's throwing for 40 touchdown passes in a season that's what you're looking for if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers who cares about anything else look at the quarterback situation look at the quarterback play look at how you utilize these guys that's who you're looking for I think Pep Hamilton's a name I don't think it's going to excite people as much as a guy like Clint Kubiak, and I'm still head and shoulders for Clint Kubiak, I think Pep Hamilton's a name that people could uh, realistically expect the Pittsburgh Steelers bring in an interview. Yeah, I think the other thing to keep in mind is that they are almost, the Steelers, just given where they are right now and where mo- they were for most of the season, it'd mm-hmm. be really hard for them not to find an upgraded offensive coordinator. Yes, yes, obviously. And the And the margin for, and the... I don't even know what the term would be, but like the the degree to which they have to be better on offense, and where the, the degree to which they need an upgraded offensive coordinator to get to a much higher level to be a team that can compete in the AFC and possibly for a Super Bowl, like not that much, you know. Like no. they don't have to be scoring, they don't have to be the Miami Dolphins in order to be 
much more competitive even with a team like the Bills. That's the yep. like I think that's the incredible thing is that you don't need to I mean, would love if they got Kubiak. He's I think the 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 best candidate in my mind, but even if they don't get him, even if they only get Pep Hamilton, I feel like they will improve to a degree that uh makes them much more competitive uh in kind of a macro scale like for uh to make a deep run in the playoffs um just kind of as opposed because we saw how far they got with you know such a low bar on offense this season yes yes exactly you you all you're looking for is i mean you're looking for a home run hitter you're looking for the dude you're looking for a stud you're looking for a guy who lasts two years before everybody's calling hey this guy's gonna be the next head coach in the nfl it like if you if you could get a capable offensive coordinator to Pittsburgh Steelers, which they should not hold their bar that low, but if we're going to be realistic about a situation very early in the situation, you get an offensive coordinator that's capable, that knows how to call plays, that has had success in the NFL. Just a mat, just like you said, just imagine how good this team could have been and, and and where they could have gone because they're a ten and seven team with two offensive coordinators because they fired one of them, the other one that they hired doesn't know how to be an offensive coordinator so they had to use their quarterbacks coach to call plays in the middle of a game i mean the just the the wildest situation and to to go up from there i think is obviously an upgrade i agree with you 100 percent. outside of that mike tomlin also acknowledged that there will be coaching changes across the board didn't specify any i'm not really into the I don't know, uh, the the thought or the belief that we should be sitting here and saying, hey, these guys should be fired. These guys should be fired. These guys should be fired. But I think overall, big picture, great acknowledgement by Mike Tomlin to say, hey, this is where we are. This is where we need to be. We got to get here. And because of that, coaching changes will happen. I mean, in the grand scheme of a very solid press conference that gave a lot of hope, I think that was one thing that maybe slid under the radar that I felt was very significant. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, it speaks to something that we talked about a little bit earlier, but like the pressure that he's feeling, you know, yes. like he's got to hold everyone in that in that locker room, in in that coaching staff to account. And uh, when the team underperforms, uh, everything's got to be kind of considered. And when they're facing such a pivotal offseason with so much uh, you kind of expect to change and it, it feels like they're going to walk into 2024 with, you know, everyone kind of. uh I don't know, in a, in an interesting state where just, you know, kind of everything's on the table, everything is expected of them. And, and if you don't live up to expectations, um, things are going to get much uglier. So I think, yep. you know, Mike Tomlin is kind of getting out in front of it and saying, look, we, we need the best, like we got to give this, not that they're not uh, ever given any season, like not anything other than their best shot, but this has got to be really be, I feel like their best shot, you know, like this yep. feels like a, this off season feels huge and next season the 2024 season is going to be even bigger than that so um you know you appreciate mike tomlin kind of saying look everything's on the table we've got to make all these changes we have to be very very self-critical and 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 really ask ourselves is this the best group of guys we got how do we build the best possible team and and coaching staff changes are unfortunately going to have to be a part of that yeah the Super Bowl or bust is almost in play for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2025. I think they're putting everything, like you said, on the table to shoot for a Super Bowl. That is their standard. That is where they're finally aiming for. And again, just like you said, they understand that they didn't get there this year. They didn't get there last year. They didn't get there, there the year before that or the year before that or the year before that or the year before that. And they want to get there and they want to have an opportunity to get there. And they're doing whatever it takes to get there and to have the best opportunity to get there. I mean, there was time 
10 years ago where the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff top to bottom was one of the best in the NFL and, and undeniably one of the best in the NFL. And I'm not saying that theirs this year is not. I'm just saying that they're looking to be back to where they were. And Mike Tomlin is putting that on himself and acknowledging that that's what will happen. And I think that that, that plays a huge role in this offseason and how serious they're going to take things. And I think for I think it just kind of opens the gate for this offseason to be a little bit crazy for the Pittsburgh Steelers, like to have a lot of headlines of, oh, this happened, this change happened, this change occurred, they did this. And that hasn't been the case in a long time. I mean, you always get the, the poke in the stick meme during free agency or the coaching hires or everything of like Steelers do something. I don't think that will be the case this year. I think the ste- the door is open for the Pittsburgh Steelers to say everything we need to change to get to where we want to be will be changed. This is the offseason that we're going to put it all together. I think it's huge. Overall, big press conference from Mike Tomlin. Huge news coming out of there. Very significant stuff and and stuff to keep an eye on and and a lot of optimism for a season that ended poorly and was as crazy and dramatic and I don't know, headline worthy as I've ever seen one. There is a lot of optimism just coming from the head coach about the direction of this team and what he needs to do to change it. And I think that that is is very, very significant. All right. Before we head out of here, the Pittsburgh Steelers will not be playing this weekend, but we have fun gambling anyways, and we have fun picking our games anyways. And and I don't know. You'll be in you'll be in North Carolina. Is there could you gamble in North Carolina? Is that a thing? Uh, you can gamble in person. I actually just looked this up. You can gamble in person at like a casino in North Carolina. You cannot oh, gamble on your casino. phone. That's you cannot- there's got to be a casino somewhere. Where I hope so. You know, there, you'll find one. I mean, there's cars. There's there's Ubers. There are ways. Yeah. There's feet. You have two legs. You know, you got plenty of time to get to a casino if need be. And, and I mean, you're still in Pennsylvania for what the next like? Yeah, hour I was gonna say. I got yeah, hour and a half, uh, yeah, about forty five minutes. But I also have seven <laughs> hours driving through of driving through West Virginia, where you can gamble on oh, your phone. So I, yeah. I think we'll we'll maybe make some picks ahead of time. On You're going to drive through West Virginia for seven. You'd take seven hours to dri- drive through West takes, Virginia. Yeah, I mean you got to go through like a little bit of Virginia and then some of North Carolina as well. But I think the bulk of the trip will be going through uh, West Virginia. Yeah, never realized West Virginia. I thought West Virginia was real tiny, real. Whoop, you know, oh, dude, that thing's huge. That thing's huge. I, yeah. I've only been to West Virginia one time. I've, I've, I can't say that I'm, I'm in a huge rush to get back there. Unless you're a West Virginia fan and you're like, oh man, you gotta come visit. Let me know. I guess, but would have never thought that it was, uh, it was that big. That, that being said, make sure you get your picks in. I'll, uh, I'll be here uh, hoping for the best for you and just hoping that you found a casino. Checking in on you probably. Let's go through the four games that the Pittsburgh Steelers will not be taking part in. We'll pick against for or against the spread here. We'll start with the Baltimore Ravens versus the Houston Texans. Baltimore is a big nine and a half point favorite in this one. They haven't played in two weeks. CJ Stroud. I mean, we were watching. We watched what CJ Stroud did last week while trapped in Buffalo. That dude put on a show against the Cleveland Browns. Nine and a half points. You go, you're taking it. You're going against it. What's your what's your thoughts here? Yeah, I don't think the Texans end up winning, but that nine and a half is way too big, especially seeing what the Texans did against the Browns, who were the number one defense in the NFL, I think, for most of the year, at least yep. by yards, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I, I think the Texans are going to be able to score a little bit, but I think the Ravens will too. Um, I think the Ravens are the better team, so they win, but not by nine and a half. No way. No, I agree. There's no chance this is a nine and a half point game. CJ Stroud is a complete animal. And look at rookies do not win Super Bowls. And I will hold on to that as 
long as I possibly can because rookies do not win Super Bowls. But it doesn't mean that you can't get to the AFC Championship or at least make games competitive. I I don't think I don't think that if it was if it was Cleveland, I'd be even more pessimistic. There's just no in my eyes, man. There's no way that Houston is losing by ten in this game. I'm taking the points as well. Or I'm taking Houston in the points. Nine and a half, no chance. Next, we'll toss it over to the NFC. Green Bay Packers traveling to the San Francisco 49ers. Again, nine and a half point spread for this one. Jordan Love put on a show, put on a bunch of points against the Dallas Cowboys, but to a degree, it is Dak and the Cowboys, and those expectations are not very high once the playoffs start. Kind of remind you of the Pittsburgh Steelers to a degree. Nine and a half points. What you taking here? Well, I'm I'm a huge Jordan Love fan, man. Like that's oh, yeah. uh Chat my friend Dakota from from high school. He's a big Packers fan, but I was texting him the uh, last weekend about how much I love Jordan Love. He was one of my fantasy quarterbacks. Um, I don't think I, I think it's I I actually considering flirting with the Packers money line here. But wow, I we'll we'll cross that bridge a little bit later. For right now, I will just say I will just say Packers plus nine and a half. I think that's way too way too big of a number as well. So I would I would take the Packers on the spread as well. I am very glad that you have a seven-hour West Virginia trip to think that debate over. that because yeah. whew, the Packers money. I'm picking this, the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, I think. Packers money line's a tough one. That being said, oh, man, I think I'm going against you. I think I'm yeah. going. I think I'm taking the nine and a half points. I think San Francisco is too dominant right now. I think I'm I'm taking the spread. I, I'm not going to say I feel good about it. I'm just saying that if there's going to be a game that's a bit of a blowout, it's going to be this one. And I hate to say that because I love Jordan Love and I love the Packers, but I just think the 49ers are so dominant that I could just, I could see them run and they're, they're going to be hungry. They got so much to prove in this one. I'm going to take San Francisco nine and a half. I'm not feeling great about it. Could be a deciding factor for us this week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions, Detroit six and a half point dogs, barely escaping the Los Angeles Rams, but escaping the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, that team is red hot right now, and they are so much fun to watch. But Baker Mayfield put on a show against the Philadelphia Eagles. Six-and-a-half-point dogs for the Bucks. You going spread against spread? What you feeling? Uh, I think the Lions kind of run away with this one pretty easily. I'm taking that okay. six-and-a-half. Um, I think they're clearly the better team, but also I love that home environment that they have in Detroit. Yes. Like Those people are hungry, man, and they, they have a lot of pent-up energy that they were – you know, who knows if it'll be the same as the last game, but I have to expect, like, as the stakes get higher, those Lions fans are going to show out and they're going to be just as loud as they were uh, on Wild Card Weekend. So I'm going yeah. with the Lions. I'll take that that six and a half. Shout out the reporter who definitely got sent there and was told to ask this question from their producer. So right. not their fault whatsoever. Who asked Todd Bowles if he's ready for the weather up in Detroit? They play in a dome, just in case you weren't weren't aware of that one. What's well, going to be cold all weekend, you know? It outside. is. It is. It's a chilly one. Baker is from Cle- or did play in Cleveland, Ohio, which is freezing cold at all times. So I'm I'm sure he'll be all right. I'm also taking Detroit six and a half here, but I I'm thinking I'm thinking it's just over. Like it's just a touchdown, just a seven point spread. This wouldn't be a game that I felt comfortable taking with and and super optimistic that it was going to hit just because I think Tampa Bay is going to keep it close, but I think Detroit's going to going to pull one out there late at the end. They're going to have a seven point win. How they get there. I don't know. I don't expect it to be a game where I'm like, Oh man, biting my fingernails, edge of my seat. I hope that's what it is because I hope all the games are like that. 
I'm feeling Detroit six and a half as well, but I think it's a little bit closer than, than maybe you think. And then the last one here, Kansas city, Buffalo bills are two and a half point favorites at home. We just experienced what's going on up there. I'm sure it's worse at this point. Patrick Mahomes travels to Buffalo. Who you got? What you got? I got the Bills smoking these guys, man. <laughs> I got the Bills by if I could alt smoking it to like, them. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure this one is going to be particularly close. Close, quite honestly. I wow. I think the Bills really take it to them. Um, I just, I mean, maybe maybe it's a little bit of recency bias. I saw that home environment. Uh, yeah, that cool. the Bills have in in person, and and it's crazy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes also has never played in a road playoff game. Yeah, makes you think. Makes you think, does. doesn't it? How does he react to that? Uh, I don't know. So, I'm riding with the Bills certainly by two and a half. Uh, I'd probably take it by more if I could, but I'm all about the Bills this weekend. Ooh, two and a half. All right, so all right, more than two and a half. I don't. I don't think I'd take it more than two and a half. I think I am taking the Bills two and a half. I think they pull this one out. It's their turn in the rivalry. I don't expect the Kansas City Chiefs to be. I mean, the, look at the Chiefs beat the Dolphins. I'm not a Dolphins guy. I don't think that there's any part of me that sits around and goes, "Oh man, I can't believe they beat the Dolphins." Just expected that one to happen. Buffalo, like you said, is going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. I think. I think this is the year Buffalo gets them. They are the hottest team in football right now. That means something in the playoffs. I don't know where it goes from here. I'm very excited to see a Buffalo, Baltimore, AFC play our championship game. I'd, I'd be excited to see a Buffalo Houston AFC championship game too. I really, anything outside of uh, Kansas city's cool. I, I respect Kansas city. They've been there too many times at this point. I'm just not looking forward to it. I'm going bills two and a half as well. I don't think it's a runaway game. I think it's a lot closer, but I think, I think uh, Josh Allen pushes it out this time right there at the end. With that said, get your, get your bets in before that you, uh, you hit North Carolina, make sure that, uh, Make sure that you, I would set a time. I might set a timer on my phone to text you. Right. Be like, hey, seven hours has it's six p.m. here. Uh, please make sure that you have or five p.m. here. Please make sure that you have placed your bets. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. And as always, find all of our work at AllSteelers.com and our pit coverage at InsideThePanthers.com. Enjoy what hopefully is a great weekend of playoff football in the NFL. We will be back on Monday. It's snowing, but it's still beautiful in the Berg. Peace.